Yo, what's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to the Unfed podcast. On this episode, we will be going over some sensitive topics. And so trigger warning, uh, we will be talking about suicide and suicidal thoughts. So your discretion is advised. So my obsessive behavior was uh, my thoughts. My mind from one day to another goes to like, hey, you're going crazy. And I could not shake the thought. This is, is by far one of the scariest feelings that I've ever experienced. It baffles me that even in the midst of a pandemic, like our mental health and hospital facilities or resources, they were so overwhelmed that we kind of got left to the side, right? What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Unfed podcast. This is episode number two. Numero dos. Numero num. I think that's French. You know why? I think why? we've gone international, bro. Bro, we have, huh? <laughs> Shout out to our millions and millions of listeners. Millions. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in the near future, we reach billions. Hey, Apple, if you're listening, come on. I saw that new purple iPhone come out this week. <laughs> You'll get, get us on. Your girl's fiending. <laughs> we need to get on that podcast app like as soon as possible because we're um just i guess a little update we're now on spotify we're on google podcast we are on a few others that it's just i don't even remember at any point at this point there's i think we're on like five six different platforms and we need to get that on uh, apple podcasts and i believe there's two more we're going international dude that's sick Hell yeah. So uh, I'm a question for you. What's your experience been like? Have you been getting any feedback on your personal Instagram? Well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No. Like the deep sigh that I just took. Oh, dang. That means nobody. (laughs) You know, the millions and millions of followers that I have. (laughs) (laughs) No, you guys have been showing so much love, which is really cool. But it's also very scary on my end because it's like you guys are listening to what I'm going through. And it's just Mm. put into realization of like, oh, my God, I let let so many people in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the cool thing is, is that um, a lot of positive feedback We're we're seeing like, you know, some of you even saying that we can do ASMR. Oh, Uh, no, I don't think, <laughs> dude. If we could do ASMR one day, that'd be so cool. But it's I don't if, look. I'm if just you gonna hear say, our voices on the calm app, don't be surprised. I don't understand. Oh yeah, we got. I got a. Uh, I got that. Like that. Our voices are soothing, and I'm just like my voice soothing. Huh? Um, and your voice, <laughs> your voice. Hold on. If my voice is, they haven't heard me really laugh. Like yeah. I could break this mic. Wait, we might have to lower the volume for you in a bit. <gasps> um but yeah we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of good feedback in uh the past what is it it's been a a week yeah we've only released yeah Yeah. we've only been out there for a week yeah and the feedback has been great so shout out everyone everyone that's been sharing it um i know that there's a lot of like like family that are hearing this for the first time not this episode but the last episode and they're hearing your story for the first time there's going to be a couple of like, like oh yeah my 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 family members got upset that i didn't shout them out so shout out sam and nancy <laughs> shout out sam and nancy <laughs> and then they've been they've been supporting too so that's awesome um yeah so now we are on episode two and we have a lot of uh great stuff but once again, we are so appreciative of everyone. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been, I think the DMs have been like, we, I've been getting a lot of people saying, yeah, there's a lot more to depression than just sadness. And I was just like, yeah, that's what we've been trying to say. Cause that it's, was what our meme was about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people just, isn't it just another word for feeling bummed out? Like, no, there's more to depression, just like there's more to just mental health as a whole. Um, and that's what we were here to do through our vulnerability, through our conversations. We're going to break these stigmas down. We're going to educate and we ourselves are going to learn a ton. Yeah. I think the cool thing that I learned this week was, um, that we really aren't alone, which is one of our mantras is Mm -hmm. that you are not alone in the struggle that you're going through. Yeah. A lot of people reached out and they're like, 
dude, I relate so much to what you guys were talking about. And it was just like really eye opening. Like, oh, because sometimes in these episodes you feel like nobody understands or nobody knows exactly what you're going through. Mm -hmm. But it was very encouraging to hear that, you know, well, encouraging and, you know, like, please, please, if you guys are like (laughs) really um, needing help, please seek out, talk to your friends and family, because that's really step one. Because ever since I've told my family, dude, we've been like, yeah, we've been all over you. You good? Has your has your because I know that you I guess prior to the episode, you had the conversation with your mom, correct? Oh, yeah. Like I uh, I actually reached out because I was like, we're going to start doing this podcast. Right. And I'm going to reveal some things that are like pretty heavy. So yeah. I might as well like tell my my parents. And so like there was a little so that interaction and, and and keep in mind, it's like when we talk about the stigmas of being um, raised in a Latino household, like they're very true. Yeah. So um, it took some time for her to show that patience and grace you know because at first it's like oh it's a shocker like oh she's what did she say like why is she why is she feeling this way but um I think after like resonating like um or at least trying to see it from my lens there's more so that that motherly instinct right like kicks in and is like oh well she's my daughter and I'm gonna be there to support her and encourage her so she's been texting me every day, like in the mornings, <laughs> just saying like, hey, just remember that I love you, <laughs> <laughs> Good, which is awesome yeah. because she wasn't doing that prior. No. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ma, thanks. Did she listen at all or? No, she still hasn't heard the podcast. Okay. So we've been keeping that low, low with her because, okay. uh, yeah, we're just taking it one step at a time. And right. I think uh what i would want to do is just show her that i'm doing constructive steps to get better right um which is what i'm in the process of doing so okay so um i'm just just because i know that in the last episode we kind of talked about your next steps right so what are the next i guess the steps that you've taken in the last week and change since then okay so this past week has been super chaotic um just because of work we're now working from the office and um I think what what's what's really helped me this week is just like um because I told my family they've been a lot more supportive and a lot more I don't want to say overprotective I don't think that that's the word I think that we've just come together as a group and they've been very good at monitoring and keeping up with me okay um but it's just like that constant encouragement of like, hey, seek the therapy that you want that fits for you. Because um, even my friends, even you, like you reached out and told me like, hey, because uh, I did reach out to better help. But boy, I'm not a rich person yet. So <laughs> and and <laughs> one of their things is that I, I know that I've seen that they kind of. I, w- I don't know if pride themselves is the right word but it's kind of they speak about how it's like affordable mental health yeah but even even we're just coming out of a pandemic dude it's like i don't have 80 dollars a week (laughs) (laughs) aside from yeah aside from like the you know like everything else and i'm pretty sure like and that's because i have a stable job yeah imagine if you don't yeah yeah no and that's and i think that's the biggest the biggest thing where um you know, we will be talking about a couple of resources that we've found um, at the end of this episode. But uh, just even the things that we see, it's just it's not one. It's not affordable. And so which makes it not that accessible for everybody. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that you looked into it. And if we, if we get to it, then we get to it. So what what are you what are the next steps? I mean, now that you've looked a little bit further into that. I think my next steps will tomorrow is reaching out to another one that you like showed oh, me. It's yeah. called Path, uh-huh. which is a little bit more affordable than um, BetterHelp. But um, uh, setting that that first initial meeting with them and then going to see um, my doctor just so that I can fully get diagnosed. But, you know, more so so that I can start like that healing process of like, OK, this is what's wrong with me. Um, this is these are steps that I'm doing to get better because I know sometimes I, I mean, at least for me, like you can get so overwhelmed with all the steps that you have to take. Yeah. Um, 
because I was comfortable for so long just being in the cycle of like, okay, I'm good for X number of days. And then one thing can set me off like yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) You know, shout out Walter. (laughs) Shout out your husband. (laughs) So what is, um, I guess that, and that was going to be my next question. Like, how have you been feeling over the past week? I know that, I mean, you coming out and sharing was huge, right? Like sharing what you've been going through. And since then it's been again, roughly a week and a half. So then where has your mind been? Like, do you still feel as like, I still feel compressed, Carlos. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's one week. I mean, taking baby steps, but, um, I think more so because of my environmental factors that have been playing in, like I've just added more stress, like I've lost weight. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I want to like thank stress for that. Shout, because out. <laughs> Shout out to losing weight. <laughs> Um, that's not funny but it is (laughs) no and you know was something that's really interesting that um back in college i i had to write a report on depression right and what grade did you get on it i got an a oh straight a student come on man no 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 hell no i was like a 3.2 because i was just messing around too much um but when when i was going through this like everyone thinks that depression means losing weight like because you're depressed and if like one of the symptoms and I, we shared it right mm-hmm. it's like weight gain or weight loss so the more typical kind of um is is weight loss but then there's the atypical like depression which people stress eat or they'll just like stuff themselves oh, that's they, where i've been for the past seven <laughs> years <laughs> and it's it's crazy because a lot of people will like associate you know the the former of just like losing weight but Sometimes there's the latter, and I feel like that's where I was at some point in my life. Dude, yeah. Because I gained a ton of weight. Dude, you would, like, order for two whenever you were going out. But But like you were manifesting, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just trying to get my wife. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so that's – it's crazy. I mean, I'm glad that, you know, you're seeking help. I know that it's – it's not going to get better in a matter of a day or two, but you know, there's obviously some days that are better than others. Yeah, for sure. Like today is one of those days where I like have the energy yeah. to like, you know, be around yeah. people and like <laughs> <laughs> say hi, <laughs> say hi. <laughs> but then there are days like yesterday where it was yeah. just like, I'm getting out of work and I'm like, stop. I don't want to stop. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I think, like the good thing is that as um, the vulnerability and kind of like the transparency that um, you provide just makes this so much more real when we share everything on socials, right? Because it's not. I'm an open book, Carlos. Yeah. What can I say? Oh yes, open book. <laughs> A little compressed open book. <laughs> Those are the things that allow people to kind of see, like, dude, these aren't just people that. Um, like just want to talk about this yes. topic and yeah. not know. Yeah, it's a, it's a, this is we're going through it. Yeah, and I feel like we're we're both people that wouldn't talk about something that we haven't gone through. Yeah, and with that beautiful segue, Carlos, <laughs> okay. why are we here today? So today's episode, as we kind of like teased last week, is on anxiety, um, and it's. I mean, I, I've always said anxiety freaking sucks. I hate my anxiety, and it's something that I I deal with. Um, and just so people, if you don't know, like just a, I guess in layman's term, a definition for anxiety. It's just this overwhelming, like excessive fear and worry that can really kind of like cut into your daily lifestyle, the way that you kind of live. Um, I'm thankful that my anxiety is somewhat high functioning. And what does that mean exactly for somebody that doesn't know yes. like what high functioning anxiety is? So there's uh, there's cases where and I know of people that their anxiety is so overwhelming that they can't go to work. Wow. So um, I know that like there's certain family members um, that they've had to leave work and take days off, weeks off, sometimes even months because the over the anxiety is that overwhelming. So they can't function at work. Where I, on the other hand, my anxiety could be peaking and I'm like, my heart is like racing 
but I'm still able to function at work. Zero mistakes. Like there's nothing. Oh, zero mistakes. Zero mistakes. You don't misspell anything. No. I'm the one percent. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. There's like little little um, spelling errors. I mean, obviously, but in terms of if Grammarly can like just Grammarly our lives, and that's huh? why I got Grammarly. <laughs> but in terms of like how I can I can function to make sure that you know, my shipments aren't delayed and everything is in order. Everything is still organized. Like that's where I'm just thankful because I haven't had to leave work. I think the only time that I've left work were for cases where I thought I was getting a heart attack. So I went to the hospital, you know, and it's like, yeah, I end up, I remember I, when, yeah, you, it's when happened. that happened. happen. Yeah. You text like yeah. Valley squad and you'd be like, Hey, yeah. And then, I mean, there's given that, um, I, I got COVID back in December so those that has had some kind of like after effects and stuff like that. Oh, you're getting away. Oh, this isn't me moving my <laughs> mic. No, there's been um, it, it there's kind of like the after effects that, you know, I, I just because if it was on on the COVID list of symptoms, like I had it. Um, and the aftermath is just like there's times that I'm even walking up and down the stairs from our apartments like. <laughs> just to walk out sometimes it gets exhausting and it's been roughly six months so wow um yeah. so walk us through because before you getting these severe yeah. anxiety attacks your health wasn't the best right mm -hmm. and then on top of that you were stressed at work and right. uh you were driving from la yeah. to northridge <laughs> this intense commute was yeah added onto that stress mm -hmm. whatever financial issue you were going through as well and then covid yeah yeah so look i think um i will say that i've always had a certain like level of anxiety but it was very tolerable and very manageable um i rem a uh, trigger warning okay i remember being 16 and like locked myself in my room blade to my wrist and i'm just like what if i just ended it now and now it's like in hindsight i'm like wait why did that why did that e thought even cross my mind right um but when i reflect back on everything like i had good parents i have great parents a uh, very supportive to an extent right like supportive in the sense yeah, your of, mom's adopted me yeah <laughs> my mom's great <laughs> she adopts everyone um i don't feel special anymore <laughs> every like everyone's my mom's kids um but you know she's she's very supportive um sometimes i think she's very scared of mm. the things that we try because she wants to protect her kids so um supportive but overprotective which is kind of a little contradicting sometimes um but yeah again i had like a good upbringing um and sometimes i feel like the those certain levels of anxiety are probably genetic because my dad has dealt with like certain levels of anxiety and depression in the past oh, wow mm-hmm my mom as well. Um, and so th I always grew up with like these mild anxiety kind of um, tendencies seeing, or symptoms. Yeah. Do you think seeing those tendencies at a young age kind of resonated with how your brain associated how to deal with external and environmental yeah. factors? Um, Again, I'm not a therapist. Yeah, no, but it's, it's a good question just because I, I've stopped to think about, um, the, well, some of them like the most memorable things that I have is seeing my mom pa have panic attacks in front of me. Oh, wow. And it was because um, I had really like you would. I'm going to tell you the story and I don't think any of you guys know this, but um, I used to have really bad anger problems and I would. Whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Carlos? Ho yeah, horrible. Are, are um, we talking about the same Carlos? Yeah, yeah. From like. 13 and on and that's that's my age of stress and storm right like oh, i was trying wow. to i was figuring myself out and um yeah hormones probably just all over the place because i remember like anything would trigger me and i was punching doors i was just, like screaming at the top of my lungs there was instances where i cussed my mom out i yelled at my mom like what i would throw stuff around i would like every so often if my sisters got in the way or they would get in front of me i would be like I would cuss at them. I would push them. So there was like a lot of just random built-in anger wow. that I I don't know. You know, like um, that was during my teenage years, and um, 
And so in those moments of like me just spazzing out, I would, I would do something and then I would see my mom kind of start breaking down and then I would go up to her. I'm like, Hey mom, like, like, do you need to chill out or something's going to happen? And and I see her having panic attacks and I'm just like, dude, you're going to have like a heart attack. I need you to relax. Mind you, like my parents know nothing about mental health. Wow. Like, so, so for them, it was just kind of like, oh yeah, it's just to her, the way that she reacts to whatever, this lady was having panic attacks and I was it like bringing panic attacks to my mom's life almost <laughs> on a daily basis. Not funny, but it's just in hindsight, I'm just like, what was going on with me? You know? So those are kind of like my first. Would, uh, would you say that's when it started when you were like about 13 where you were just getting like mood swings? Yeah. And I think I've always, there's, there's a part that thinks it's very genetic because my dad's gone through it. My mom's gone through it. And then there's the other part of me that believes it's like truly environmental because my mom was so overprotective of me, then I became overprotective of myself. So I used to skateboard and my mom would be, hey, Mio, be careful, like you might go break an arm. And so I became very cautious with maybe I shouldn't jump off this eight stair or maybe I shouldn't grind on this rail. And um, and so I was even going in for an attempt would would scare me. Bro, you skate? I used to skate. That was, that was, and I think that that's how I dealt with like whatever mental health things I was dealing with in the past. Mm-hmm. That's how I coped. Like distraction. No, I think it was the the pain of falling. So it's like wow. you're, you're skateboarding, and it's just like you land a trick, and then you feel good that you landed something. If you're having a bad day, so like you put your headphones on, you go skate, you fall, and it feels good, and then you get back up just to continue doing it again, and it feels good if you continue falling. So. It's almost like the induced pain or whatever. But um, yeah, again, it's just like, again, part of it, I feel like it's genetic. Other part, I feel it's uh, environmental. Um, and I hadn't really had any issues from for roughly like eight years, I would say. Um, and then when COVID hit, that's when I had my first panic attack. And I had never had that before. Um, I think, what was it? Uh it, back in 2018, I, like my health went bad. Um, there was a lot like lost relationships, um, friendships. There was. Uh, you didn't no, have us in your life. Yes. And I didn't. I, I mean, I had I, I always say that when I came back from Berkeley to L.A., I came back to a brand new life. Like I started at zero. There was um, the relationship was like gone. the church that I that I grew up in. I didn't like feel like that was the place for me. And I had found a home in, in up North. Mm-hmm. So then coming down here and then looking for what I had found out there, I couldn't find it out here. Um, my home, the one that I practically grew up in was lost. Uh, shout out cancer. Like, dude, that thing screwed us over <laughs> um, wow. with, with my mom's cancer, but shout out mom for fighting and being a survivor. Yeah, she's a strong little cookie, yeah. that one. Um, so yeah, like we lost our home. Uh, I didn't have a job. I like my friends and family just, I didn't know where they were at. So I came back to zero. And then on top of that, I lose my health. Um, and it just, it was really dark times for me. So, you know, there was a lot of like anxiety and depression during those times that I never got diagnosed, but I fought through it. Mm-hmm. But again, very manageable and very tolerable. So when you say like, because back then you weren't, diagnosed Mm -hmm. um but you recognize that those were signs of anxiety and depression but what were those experiences like um so for me um i have like again i've been diagnosed with severe anxiety now right so my anxiety now is completely different than the anxiety that i had before um i would a million times trade my anxiety from before (laughs) with my anxiety now Um, so my anxiety in the past was very, I just wanted to disappear. I didn't want to be around people. Um, it was like this excessive worry of what if, um, no one loves me. And it was just me kind of like foreshadowing this miserable future for myself. And that would cause me to kind of go into this like hermit crab stage where I just wanted to be home, didn't want to talk to people, didn't want to be around people. I wanted to disappear. Um, I did have, um, you know, like accelerated heart rate and stuff like that, but that was, I can handle that. 
you know, I wish I can, <laughs> I can go back to that. Then when COVID hit and I had my first uh, panic attack, that's when everything that was, I believe it was March 26th, 2020 or March 25th, one of those two days. Um, we, oh, like COVID hit pandemic. So we at work were taking different turns and, um, I took the afternoon kind of like shift just so that we weren't around each other. Um, and I went in at like 1 PM and I left work at one in the morning. So I did almost 12 hours at oh, work. Wow. Yeah. And, um, I was driving, I was talking to Vanessa this time. She was just my girlfriend and I told her, I'm like, Hey, I've been, I've been feeling like, like this pain in my chest. I'm like, what if I got COVID and maybe I shouldn't see you. And so the fear of COVID was just something that just was living like rent free in my head. And as I was driving home, I felt myself kind of like my, my heart rate accelerating. I can feel the palpitations. My arm was going numb and I'm like, what is the hell is this thing that I'm feeling? Um, and again, if you think of just like basic symptoms to a heart attack, it's always, oh yeah, like you get a um, numb limbs and. Oh, so you were legit like feeling like you're mm -hmm. experiencing a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I drove from Chatsworth or from Northridge uh, to downtown LA. I was off of the Vermont exit that leads you to the observatory. And then I can start, I started feeling myself uh, hyperventilating. And I was just like, okay, calm down, calm down. And Vanessa, meanwhile, she's on the phone with me. He's like, hey, you need to calm down, breathe, just continue breathing. You're okay. And I'm just like, dude, I feel like I'm getting a freaking heart attack. And she's just like, what? And I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I can't breathe. And um, from Vermont, that's where like the panic had started. And I took a few exits. I got onto the 101. The second I hit the 100, sorry, the 110, the second I hit the 110 uh, to, to get home, I'm right in front of the buildings. I'm looking around. There's no cars like next to me. And then it was like tunnel vision. Like I just saw just the lane in, in the lane that I was on and I couldn't see around me. And so I was just like, oh, my God, this is over for me. I, I thought I no way. Yeah, I thought it was a full blown like heart attack. I was done. I I tried looking around to pull over. And I managed to pull over um, at like a fork in the road. And that was that was it. I called 911. I'm like, hey, I think I'm having a heart attack. And they got the paramedics <laughs> to come through. And um, but it was it was the craziest feeling. Like I couldn't see well. I couldn't hear well. I couldn't talk well or speak well. Um and like I had a, the numbing in my arm, my chest was hurting and I pulled like I got out of my car in the middle of the freeway and I felt crazy. Like I was raising my hand, bringing it down just so that I can try to get circulation through my to my arm because I thought, you know, there's no blood circulating. Were you doing jumping jacks in the middle of the almost <laughs> practically? <laughs> yeah, not a joking matter, yeah. but I just kind of wanted to lighten yeah, it up. No. But that's intense, yeah, dude. That was like, my that was my first panic attack. And when the paramedics got there, they were just like, "Hey, you had a uh, panic attack," and I was just like, "Oh, uh, that's what that was." <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, I went home. I showered and on nonchalant, and then you were yeah. just like, "I'm gonna go home now." Yeah. No, I mean, uh, my parents had to pick me up, so yeah. I, I, they escorted me out of the freeway into um a starbucks parking lot and my sister's my sister my mom and my dad showed up and they picked me up and i was crying in the car this is this is by far one of the scariest feelings that i've ever experienced and and, and after that episode um because your family picked you up from yeah. that scene how was it on them or how was that uh, interaction with them so afterwards for them it was um it was my mom was just always saying like hey you need to calm down you need to calm down um we're gonna be fine we're gonna get through this be safe obviously just you can't hang out with people so uh, like the only people that i was seeing was vanessa I, I think at the time i wasn't seeing you guys i wasn't seeing hector like Vanessa was working from home. I was yeah, going to work. Yeah, because you hated us, but yeah, yeah pretty much. Okay. I mean, pandemic. <laughs> um, and and yeah, so um, 
but I still felt fine, you know, like I I was going through some panic attacks every so I actually from that moment to the day where it was like doomsday. <laughs> yeah. We're going to mark that as doomsday. Yeah, I'm going to mark that. I'm going to mark our next our next date as doomsday. Um I probably had like 3 or 4 panic attacks. Um wow. but at that point I already knew it was a panic attack. You get so, me? So, so your brain was like spiraling like it was just it's it's weird to explain i don't know how to explain it but it's just if if i can't even explain a heart attack you know it's just the numbing of the arm and and um i felt tightness and to this day my shoulder cracks now since my first panic attack wow like i don't know if you ever see me kind of like moving my arm around um it's because it's it's always cracking wow because you know the reason why we're going into detail about what anxiety is and for example your story of anxiety because when we talk about anxiety most people might think like oh it's just people being shy or people like having the fear of public speaking right but with in reality it's like there's these intrusive thoughts like you mentioned you're like uh you have the fear of being judged uh by others in social situations you had the fear of accidentally offending people um the fear of being the center of attention. I don't think that's <laughs> ever been a problem for you, but no, like. <laughs> it actually is. No. So this is, this is the interesting thing. Like we've, we've joked around about this. So, um, the, before we go there, there's different like types of anxiety. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I, uh, was diagnosed with like general anxiety disorder, but mine was severe. And, um, I think I've always dealt with a certain level of social anxiety, which is why, I kind of stopped myself from doing things like me being on this podcast, like starting the unfed with you was just a big deal for me because I've always had this fear of being judged, which has stopped me from doing a lot of things. Um, so we're breaking barriers here, you know, and, yeah. and um, I, at Berkeley, they were doing a study and where did you go again? Oh, uh, Berkeley. Okay. <laughs> just Cal. Um, they were doing like this uh, study. And so I was a participant in their study and um it was supposed to be like that's it you go in you answer their questions you walk out but i knew the guy that was conducting the the test or the experiment so he was just like I'm you not let t- yourself being yeah experimented on yeah bro you're, you're brave <laughs> yeah, you have to but um it was a social anxiety questionnaire right okay and um would i have passed it's probably not, a, not. no you failed <laughs> But they, when they, when I went to it, they, he said, oh, normally I don't, I'm not supposed to give answers, but I was going to say, I'm just going to let you know that you have like symptoms of social anxiety. And then I was just like, oh, well, I mean, kind of makes sense. And he kind of pointed a few things out that indicated. Well, what did he say? Uh, it was just like the, again, the fear of the judgment and how it stops me from doing things. Like that's probably the biggest indicator of my social anxiety. Um, I can adapt myself i mean and i feel like i've been in environments where i have to like i'm kind of forced to Step be interactive and extroverted quote unquote but and and I, I do need people around me right but it's not i need i don't need new people like i just need my friends to talk to um squat, squat yeah <laughs> um and then when i meet people it's always fun like i like learning about people and i think that that's just due to kind of like the that's why I study psychology. Like I wanted to study human behavior and it's always fascinated me. You see, and that's where I'm like, I think we kind of differ because mm-hmm. like you still have that open door where it's just like you love meeting new people yeah. and you're welcome to the idea of yeah. like maybe, <laughs> you know, Yeah. but me, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, nah, bro, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with just, you know, day at home. Yeah. And all I want to spend time with, or whom I only want to spend time with, is Walter. Your husband. <laughs> My yeah. husband. No, and I and I have those days, like, um, shout out to the motorcycles driving in the, <laughs> down our street. I have those days with my wife, right? Like, like I don't, there's days where I don't want to see people. But I think I, I've, I don't even know what it is, but I always tend to put people in front of me. And I and I think that that, to in, in essence, is kind of like a a downfall Oof, it's like people pleasing yeah it's just it's my character it's who i am and um you know some there's times that people may come over and um was i in the mood to have people over not necessarily 
um, it was a bad day at work or a stressful, rather stressful day at work. Um, the last thing that I want to do is be around people. But I also realized that people love me and people love my wife and they want to like spend time with us. And that sometimes means more than however I'm feeling. And so in order to cater to them and show them that that love and appreciation is like reciprocated, I put whatever I have on the side to, to be there for them and spend time with them. Um, but in the past year, I mean, saying no, setting boundaries is something that I've, I've had to do because it just got progressively worse, you know? Yeah. And I was literally going to ask that. I'm like, it's a good thing, you know, to want to have people like good people surrounding you. Yeah. Um, but all at, you know, a limit, like you said, Mm -hmm. boundaries, because like you were saying, you were going through all of this stuff. And then still wanting to people please. Yeah. And, and it, it got worse. And that's the thing. You get me like going through panic attacks and trying to be there for people. You couldn't because of COVID. But um, then, then you know, <laughs> we had an incident where I took an edible and it just kind of like. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. If you are 13 years or younger, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. No, and my, my, my disclaimer is always like. Don't do drugs because you just don't know how they're going to react with your body, you know, especially with Mm -hmm. you like going through what you've been through. Yeah. So I was I was um, I guess I've been prone to anxiety and I think that the amount that I took was just not (laughs) it was no good. Um, And, you know, you you do things to seek um, you do things to seek. uh, What's what's the word I'm looking for? Like an escape. In essence, I was very stressed out. I was uh, tired and I just wanted to kind of unwind a little bit. And, and to your and, defense, we were on vacation. Yeah. No. And then you also hear a lot of things, you know, like I know I know tons of people that they smoke weed to relax. Right. Um, and so there I was thinking, well, I'm going to relax. I'm going to unwind. And I haven't done drugs in 10 years, you know, like that was my first time in a long time. And what I thought was going to like it my reaction or my experience rather was going to be like, <laughs> was not that, um, dude, everything spiraled out of control. I felt like I was going crazy and I'm no expert, yeah. but don't drugs amplify the feeling that you're in or the state that you're in. It, it, de- it depends. Like, uh, I think afterwards when I spoke with my sisters and I told them, I'm like, dude, like I had an edible and they're, and then, my sister Josie said, you're an idiot. And I'm like, why? She goes, dude, like that makes it worse. Like you're already anxious and you went and you had an edible. Not only did you not have like a small dose of the edible, you had a high dosage in your edible. Like you're an idiot. Yeah, um, that night was not fun for Vanessa or I. Yeah, like I we had I to apologize. take care. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. And in my experience during that time though, like I remember that when it first hit, I or when I start, start, first started feeling the reaction of it, my arm went numb. And it I couldn't shake the, like, my mind off of the fact that my arm was numb. Yeah, dude, you even got down on your knees and started praying. Yeah, because, dude, I, I don't even remember, like, a lot of things. The only thing that I remember was, trigger warning everybody, was um, losing, like, I felt like I lost my mind. And I think that the biggest fear or some of the biggest fears that I've had in life is going crazy, ending up with Alzheimer's and not being able to remember anything, dementia, like, mm. like those thoughts have always been scary to me. And so the fact that I felt like I was in this, um, in this mindset where I completely lost control of my thoughts, my actions, were just a little uh, concerning to me. Well, a lot concerning to me. So, um, yeah, it was it was it was a scary night, and I haven't been the same since. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do, do you remember when Hector like gave me the phone and told me to call nine one one because was... he had seen this in an episode of Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I remember like snippets of the entire night. I remember saying that I was the Avatar, um, as the Avatar. <laughs> But, you know, it's just like and and here's the thing. I'm I can't go in and speak against, you know, like drugs or marijuana specifically, because I know that it does help a lot of people out. But at the same time, like I have to 
my di- I, I don't do drugs. And the fact that I did it that one day is completely out of character for me. Um, so as I've had these conversations and I've been open about it, uh, I've encountered a lot of people that have shared the exact same experiences. I had an edible and I, I felt like I lost my mind. And the, the post like weed experience or marijuana experience has led them to anxiety. So it's not like wow. I'm not the only one which made me feel like, why aren't people talking about this? You know, like you're it's literally Russian roulette. You go, you take an edible, you think that it's just going to be fun and it's all fun and games. And do you think it was more so the peer pressure, like because you wanted to like, you know, I, I think growing up, I had bad experiences with with uh, marijuana and I never got to enjoy it. So I always said, I'm going to do it one last time to have fun and that one last time was literally the last time and it was not fun <laughs> and, it, oh, and, and, and it left me like I'm not gonna say I'm messed up but I obviously have to deal with some things that I wasn't I wasn't having to deal with prior wow mm-hmm. I remember speaking on on yeah. marijuana uh-huh. um maria juana yeah <laughs> I know her <laughs> <laughs> no very little yeah um Back in my day, <laughs> I remember one time, <laughs> that one time at Ben Camp. Uh-huh. No, <laughs> I was a, I think I was a sophomore. No, maybe a junior. Mm-hmm. One of the two. But um, I remember going over to my friend's house because she had a prescription of medical uh, marijuana. Mm-hmm. And her house was directly adjacent to the elementary school or, or sorry, middle school. I used to go pick up my little brother and sister uh-huh. at. <laughs> and I, I remember <laughs> just taking it and um, getting extremely stressed and focused. Like, I remember yeah. thinking, I have to pick them up. I have to make sure that they get home. <laughs> I have to make sure that they don't know that I'm high. Yeah. <laughs> so this whole time, I was just like hyper focused about being like, taking care of them and making yeah. sure that they got home safely and i don't think that they ever knew that <laughs> I was high, but i stressed myself out i stressed myself so much to the point where i like <laughs> knocked out when i got home. <laughs> you guys go ah, ah. <laughs> no and that's that you know like sometimes um or well, i think the the thought process behind everything was just that i was a little envious at the fact that i did these things and i never had fun with it and I would look around. I'm just like, bro, they're having f- like, quote unquote, fun, you know. And the re- the reason why I spoke about it or spoke against it so much in the past was because I felt like I didn't need it to have fun. So when I went ahead and did it this time around, it wasn't to have fun. It was to unwind and kind of like alleviate a lot of that well, isn't stress. Isn't that what fun is? No. <laughs> fun is like you laugh. Oh. I, I thought it was just going to be like this relaxing experience for me and. It wasn't, which led to like, um, you know, I've since then I have daily brain fog. Wow. And it, it, that's the one thing that doesn't go away. Um, in the mornings, it's really difficult to kind of wake up because I wake up extremely groggy and it's not this like fatigue thing. It's just I, I roll out of bed and it's just almost everything's just it's like vertigo, I guess. Really? Um, mm hmm. And that's almost, it happens very frequent. Let me ask you a couple of questions mm-hmm. because uh, one of our listeners, Nancy, she provided this board from Pinterest. Okay. She she said, uh, these are some signs of what anxiety might look like. And one of them mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier on, irritability. Yeah. So that's true. Uh, I mean, I don't think that that's something that I experienced, but I've seen it. And. But you were saying earlier when you were like 13, things would trigger you. Oh, like yes. You were upset. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then another one is obsessive behaviors. Yeah. So my obsessive behavior was uh, my thoughts. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, so in the process of like everything, right, I, I if I walk you briefly through everything, like had the edible the next day, it was just kind of like everyone was down in the dumps and I felt like a party pooper and then I'm still trying to have fun because we're out there <laughs> vacationing. Um, so brain fog consistently for a few days. And then, you know, I was, I was, I felt like, okay, 
I'm starting to get back from the edible and whatever happened. Fast forward to that was May 25th of last year. So fast forward to Vanessa's birthday, July 13th. Um, my mind from one day to another, like normal, 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 a little bit of brain fog goes to like, hey, you gone crazy. And I could not shake the thought for the life of me. Like I could mm. not shake the thought. And it got to like tension headaches where from the middle of my forehead to the back of my head, I felt like someone was squeezing my head. Wow. Did you also experience, because that's one of the symptoms too, mm-hmm. dizziness and numbness. Um, but did you also experience sleepiness or insomnia? Um, yeah, I mean, and I don't, I don't know, because again, it's just like depression, you have to get, you need to have like five of the symptoms for them to kind of diagnose you with depression. And then they need to be for roughly two weeks, I believe. It's two weeks. Um for anxiety, they just say like, hey, how, how often do you feel this way? And then based off of your answers, um, they go in and they say, OK, well, you from like a five to a ten is mild anxiety, moderate, whatever oh, wow. it is. So when I went and I answered everything like, dude, my everything was like a ten. And um, so I don't know exactly how that factors into all the symptoms but mm-hmm. I, I was diagnosed with it because, yeah, I couldn't sleep some days, but it was because I was thinking too much wow. before going to sleep. Um, and again, telling you that since I was little, the thought of losing my mind was the biggest thing that I feared going over and having this like traumatic experience off an edible. Um, I feel like I haven't been able to shake that thought. So um, I remember one time I did I did therapy and the therapist kind of hinted at the fact that it could be that I'm just living in that fear of that day and I haven't let that go, which she hinted it's kind of like like PTSD kind of. Oh, wow. So it was such a traumatizing event in my life that I kind of hold on to that fear and I haven't fully let it go, which is possible because when I do like my cognitive behavior therapy, when I was doing um, group therapy for all that stuff, it was things that I had to practice like exposure therapy i i was scared of hurting myself for so long but why because the day that everything happened everything went down with the edible uh you remember i was just like i'm i'm scared that i'm gonna hurt myself and i don't want to be in the second floor Mm -hmm. i like hide sharp objects trigger warning everybody and so you know like this fear of hurting myself hurting people just was it's not who i am like And again, those thoughts just kind of like invaded my mind, got intrusive, and I didn't think about it for X amount of days. Then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you're going crazy. And everything came back. Wow. So, um, and then I I had to live with that for, you know, it's been roughly almost a year. I'm like nine months, 10 months almost that I've been struggling with that. Wow. And and so speaking of that, what steps are you going to or have taken to get better so um i initially called um my medical provider because i didn't know how to deal with this stuff right i ended up at the er um for the tension headaches and that was july 15th and um i didn't know how to deal with the headaches i didn't know how to deal with the fact that i felt like i was going crazy um i was having like a panic attack and I was on the phone with a with a nurse and they said, hey, like you might be having a panic attack, but you also have signs of a stroke. So you should come in. No way. Yeah, because they started asking me if like, OK, so they ask you a series of questions and and then they uh, asked me, can you look at yourself in the mirror? Like is half of your face droopy? And then I'm like, I don't know. Like I can't I can't tell at this <laughs> my, point. My face is naturally yeah. droopy. <laughs> My lip hangs from one side. You know, it's just, I couldn't, I I couldn't tell. And especially because again, tunnel vision, like when I have panic attacks, it's just, everything just kind of focuses in on to the center of wherever I'm looking and everything else is blurry. So I asked my sister, I'm like, Hey Josie, can you check my face? And she's just like, no, you're fine. I'm like, Hey nurse, like I'm fine. And they're like, okay, we'll still come in because we just want to monitor and make sure that nothing serious is happening. So they recommended the call map, which that was kind of like, I remember doing these meditations and I broke down crying and I was just like, God, 
I know that, you know, I'm doing meditations right now, but I'm like, dude, like this thing sucks. And it's just being so in tune with your body, which is why like meditation and prayer to me are two distinct things, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, a lot of people meditate to pray and, or they kind of like, they say that their prayer is their meditation. To me, they're two distinct things. When, when I was doing my meditation, it was just in silence and I was in tune with my body and I was uh, learning how to breathe again because it's something that when you're panicking, you forget to breathe. And so no oxygen is going into your brain. And then before you know it, you just, you're like that the, the lack of oxygen in your brain just causes you to go to further, pa- you know, so it's just. What if there's too much <laughs> oxygen in your brain? Then I don't know what happens then. <laughs> but, um, but I remember that that day I, I did a, like this meditation and then as I was being guided through it, they're just like, okay, breathe. And then think about the area where you're feeling, you know, where you need to relax. And then again, because my panic attacks have caused like tightness in my left shoulder, I started, I, I focused on my shoulder and they're like, okay, now let it go. And so I, I let, I let oh, go of wow. it and I felt like relaxed like for instantly. Right. Yeah. Cause then, it's like your brain is associating with like, okay, I'm yeah. taking direction and you don't realize how tense your body is. And so as you start loosening that those muscles up, then you start feeling like free. You and know, as as you're saying that, I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> I tense. Just, <laughs> just let go of my shoulders a little bit. Yeah, no, it's Woo. it's it's something that it it you don't really think about those things and how they affect you, but I broke down that day and I felt free for seconds <laughs> and then they wow. went back, you know? But just that moment of feeling like my mind is back is probably one of the best feelings that I've had in the past year. Um, But, you know, just long story short, um, uh, I I did therapy, but my therapy sessions, and I don't know if it's kind of like due to the pandemic and everyone, a spike in anxiety with everyone that were, everyone was seeking therapy. That's very true. My set, my kind of appointments were a month and a half apart. Wow. I wasn't in a position to hold off for a month and a half. I'm just like, all I've been saying to your your story is just wow because it baffles me that even in the midst of a pandemic like our like mental health and hospital facilities or resources they were so overwhelmed with the pandemic that we kind of got left to the side right and and and, uh, it makes me wonder if if maybe it was an eye-opener that a lot of people struggle with this stuff and we need to be prepared at all times because, wow. you know, to, to yeah. think that I went a month and a half in between therapy, the first time was an intake. So it wasn't real therapy. They were just going to figure out how we were going to pursue like therapy, right? If we were a fit the second time, um, you know, they didn't know, like, they're just like, Hey, you know, we're just going to talk a little bit and we're going to figure things out and kind of start at the beginning. And, then they asked me if I was feeling suicidal. I'm just like, there's times where I'm just kind of like, do I want to live? Like, I feel crazy. Is killing myself the only way out of this thing? Um, and, you know, like that could be a 5150, you know, like I can I can be like stamped and sealed as someone that wants to take their life away. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm not in a position to take care of myself and I can be taken into a psych ward. So, um, I did like all of that stuff, just, I didn't know how to deal with any of it. And a month and a half in between my sessions, I'm calling them, I'm calling like the emergency hotline for my provider and nothing is working. Um, then they provided group therapy, which was like cognitive behavior therapy. And it's basically, uh, again, like I'm gonna say it, it's, you almost work on rewiring the way that you think. So it's, you in essence, rewire your brain, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of thinking, um, it's a relearning process. Yes. So, um, you know, I went through it and then I had to do, um, they talked about exposure therapy, which is the thing that I had to work on. Like I was scared to, um, be around my family because my fear was I'm going to wake up and I did something stupid in my sleep mm. and I hurt somebody in my sleep because I knew that consciously I wasn't going to do it. But what if I did something in my sleep? And so that was my upset. You know, we're like, yeah, you know, like we're, we, we went through this whole thing just to talk about obsessive, right? The, like compulsions. So my obsessive compulsion was I'm thinking that I'm going to hurt people, which I think they, they coined it as uh, they coined it as harm OCD. Where it's the thought of hurting people or yourself. <laughs> And so that's what, you know, like 
um, when, when I started doing this cognitive behavioral therapy and kind of rewiring things, I would take one-on-ones with the therapist and, um, you know, I, I, I would ask him a few things. He's just like, yeah, you know, it sounds like these things and you need to let go of the fear. And so what is, what is it that you're scared of and why are you scared of it? And, you know, you, you kind of go through this whole process in answering these questions so that when that thought comes in again, you know how to respond to it and you know how to answer to it. So, so what's been helpful for you? Because, um, again, I think we've covered what resources right. you used and how you went about it when it was the most severe. But yeah. so now that you're what, eight, 10 months in from that <laughs> yeah. situation or from that episode, how are you recovering now? Like what, what things help you? Um, does being around people like scare you still or I think being should a- I leave? <laughs> no, I think being around people has actually been really helpful um during the whole process like i made sure to hold on to people and hold on to people tight like and and it was my circle right um i like my best friend hector and my now wife vanessa were and me uh, sometimes (laughs) Um, no but i think i think them two were the people that i held on to the tightest And and i would share this with you and like walter and my brother-in-law. I'm just kidding. It really was Vanessa and yeah, No, the, I mean, it was them two primarily, right? But I, I wasn't hesitant to share these things with you guys or whatever was happening. Um, but I I knew that I wasn't going to survive by myself. If I did this by myself, I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> like, well, just straight good. up. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and it's it's kind of like the, the um, underlying message to everything that we do with the unfed. It's to... Be there and be there with people because you're not going to be able to do it alone. It's it's not easy yeah, to do it, things by yourself. Like from what I'm hearing from you and from me, it's taking a village to make sure that we're okay. Yeah, it, it, it definitely takes a village because when you're weak and your mind, like I remember Vanessa would hold my face when I was like in, in having my anxiety attack. She would stare at me dead in the face and say, breathe, relax, breathe. And... And I had to kind of like calm down, but did you it, kiss her afterwards? I had to. I'm just like, thank you, baby. Um, <laughs> no, but I think some of the things that have been really helpful is, and I'm just gonna say this: like developing good sleeping habits, it's really important because oh, we don't. So tough, dude. Yes, and we. I think I don't know if this is like a Western society thing or kind of like I know that you, you we see this often, but you need to sleep. And you need to have your eight hours of sleep. And it's not eight hours at, at least seven, but you need to have like good amount of sleep. You can't go to sleep at three in the morning, wake up at 10 or 11, and say, oh, I had eight hours of sleep. Like that's not when your body says, hey, go to sleep. You need to go to sleep. So what I was doing was I was going to sleep at like 10 p.m., you know, I, like 10 p.m. And for me, 10 p.m. is early. Like at 10 p.m. I was <laughs> I was getting ready to go out, you know. Um, so sleeping early, uh, I started taking my vitamins. Um, and I don't think people realize how important nutrients are in your body. So I was D3. Or to take care of your body in general, because Mm -hmm. what you were intaking before was nothing but junk, right? Yeah. I mean, I was driving and I didn't have time to, you know, cook at home or anything like that. So McDonald's was your best friend, huh? McDonald's and junk food. Yeah. Two for 20. So (laughs) 20 piece chicken nuggets let's go um if you're hearing this mcdonald's sponsor us (laughs) um yeah so like my vitamins um sleeping early um what were some other things i I was doing my meditations and breathing exercises those really help and the one that i really like is the four uh, four seven eight four eight seven i can't believe i'm blanking out on this it's it's one of the two four seven eight or four eight seven you're just nervous it's okay yeah but basically you inhale like deep breath for four seconds you hold it for seven or eight and then you exhale for seven or eight let's try it no i have a little whistle in my nose right now <laughs> 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 um, hold hold your breath for four seconds you said no you inhale for four oh. <laughs> yeah so you, Imagine <laughs> my, my face turns blue and you're no, like you, what's happening you hold you hold it for i believe it's seven but Point is, you know, like um, the breathing exercises really helped, especially I was going through I had my first anxiety attack in probably a month, uh, two days ago. 
Wow. And um, so that was recent. Yeah. No, it's it's something that I deal with like on a on a regular almost. You know, like I have certain levels of anxiety, but the way that my have the, you explored medication? So that's actually something that, um, you know, again, I've done individual therapy, which was not good, uh, at least through my provider. Then I did cognitive behavioral therapy. And then I started kind of doing things on my own, journaling a little bit. And I improved a lot on my own with kind of the teachings or the lessons that I learned in my CBT, the cognitive behavior, cognitive behavioral therapy class. You got this, bro. Um, but now, uh, you know, like I'm married um, we want to have kids and you're married. Yeah, I'm married and we want to have who? kids. Oh, the best wife in the world. The best. <laughs> um, so w- if we want to have kids, I want to be healthy, right? Yeah. And so I can exercise all I want, do like sleep all I want, take all the nutrients, vitamins, eat as clean as possible. And it might not be enough. Like I still need to do more. So, um, uh, I think we, for right now, maybe keeping a positive mindset to yeah. what, like, because I know that it can be overwhelming, too, to think of how much further you have to go. Right. As opposed to how much or how far you've come. Right. Because talking about your experiences and the Carlos that we knew back in, what, 2018, 2019, yeah. it's a complete 180. Yeah. Because you're not that person anymore. And I think maybe reaffirmations that you are getting better, that you are, you know, making progress. I think that's what your heart and your head need to hear. Yeah. yeah. And and those things are the things that sadden me, right? Like, like whenever I look at pictures of myself from two years ago, like there's times that I do want to cry because I'm just like, bro. You was thickums, bro. I mean, I was thick, but I was happy and I was healthy. Uh. Like, in the, I was healthy in the mind, you know. But you're more happier yeah, no, now. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I can't complain about my life, you know. Even with the at the lowest of lows, like I, I again, I have the best wife in the world that's been supportive and everything. Um, but you know, it's just like again, next steps would be. I'm going to. I want to continue therapy, and I want to go back to like one-on-one therapy seek possible medications. And the good thing is because it's just something that sprouted like later in life, it's something that could just be like a six to nine month kind of treatment. And I, don't, I won't have to be on it again, hopefully. Um, and then there's always fears and because there's so many kind of like stigmas about medication that I need to break, right? Like I talk about it and I want to say, Hey, Take medication if you need to, but I, I've i seen the stigmas, I've read about the stigmas, and, you know, like, I haven't had to experience them, but I think it's really important for me to actually, if, if that's the next step and that's what the professionals recommend, then I should do it. Um, yeah, speaking of which... Um, because we are a community and transparency, yeah. hold us accountable, guys. Yeah. Ask us how we're doing. <laughs> no, 100%. Yeah. And, how, and then how can they ask us how we're doing in, in our journey? Yeah, so if you guys want to ask us, you guys can reach out to us at the Unfed Ones on Instagram. You can also reach out to our personal Instagram. Uh, for me, it's at Litomain. And you can call me Litos. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and where can they reach you, Jenny? Nowhere. Oh, God. <laughs> At JDZ. At JDZ1092. (laughs) That's just my deflection showing, guys. But yeah, for sure. And the reason why I bring that up is because I want to hold you accountable now. Like knowing your story and knowing uh, how far you've come, Mm -hmm. which I want to reaffirm that we're so proud of you. Oh, Oh, thanks. Don't cry. (laughs) These mics are expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And just know, like, um, make a visit to the doctor, dude. Like, yeah. Make sure that that happens. Um, make sure that you're just taking care of yourself and you're taking it one day at a time. Yeah, it's been it's been good. I mean, I can't like I told you, I can't complain. Um, I know my next steps and I've um, had extensive talks with my wife. So, um, you know, as we approach like the end of this, the only thing that I, I do want to say is Like we need to take care of ourselves. If you're going through anxiety, like make sure you listen to your body and see what affects it. Right. Like we don't look at the little things like caffeine. 
right? Yeah. And and how that can spike your anxiety, like, and people don't think about that. Um, so, you know, always pay attention to your body, exercise, sleep well, take your vitamins, eat well. And the other thing, just real briefly, it's we don't think that the gut in essence is like the second brain. Did you know that? Oh, bro, I'm not smart in two brains. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, your stomach actually is responsible for a lot of, if I'm not mistaken, the release of a lot of serotonin, which is the mood disorder. Or sorry, mood um, you know what? hormone. That, that explains hormone. a lot because I haven't had pizza in a long time. So you're in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and so when, when you eat not so clean, then you can inhibit how much like the, the serotonin levels and stuff like that. So, um, has anybody told you that you're very smart? No, I feel like I'm like, this is, it's been a while since I've done all this digging and research. So correct me if I'm wrong professionals out there, but, um, I've done some reading with that stuff and you know, like I didn't, I never knew about that. The things that we eat can affect the way that we like feel and, and our mood, because the gut is like releases serotonin just I, I think at the same levels of that's something I'm not even so gonna, what I'm hearing is that like we whatever. both need a ver- like a cleanse like yeah. a no, I've been working on it I don't know about you Jenny but <laughs> I've been mean, working on it you gonna expose me <laughs> like that <laughs> no but um yeah everyone just make sure you take care of yourself if you haven't heard this today you are loved you are cared for and there's a reason for you being here Yes, we love you and we thank you for tuning in. This is by far our longest episode, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. you, Carlos. It's fun. Um, <laughs> We're so glad you guys tuned in and yeah. made time to listen to two knuckleheads. <laughs> and just make sure you t- stay tuned for our next episode. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for our next episode. Um, it's going to be a good one. Just a little surprise. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the unfed ones. We have a giveaway coming up, so just stay tuned. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna be giving away. Just follow <laughs> Our us. Drum rolls need work. <laughs> follow us on shows on socials, and you'll find out. All right, socials. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you're thinking about suicide, are worried about a friend or a loved one, or would like emotional support please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or visit them at www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org.